Hey everyone, Justin's nephew Jackson wants to tell you where to go if you want to support the show. Yeah. Pay, Pay. Jury. Daily. Daily. Dot com. Nailed it. Everybody, welcome back to the Thursday edition of Jury Daily. This is the Young Family Podcast Takeover with E. Young. I'm your host, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host. The TBC. How are you feeling tonight, TBC? Feeling good. That's what's up. Um, You know what? This is the conclusion of our very first week of the Jury Daily Takeover. I know. I can't believe it. We have officially made it. Crushing it. Well, I mean, I do feel like we are crushing it by making it to Thursday. Yes. Without some sort of a disastrous implosion on ourselves. Uh, What are your reflections on how this has been going so far? Well, I enjoy podcasting. Mm Mm-hmm. But this has been more challenging than our podcast because it is like a daily commitment. Ah. Although I think that the shorter daily episodes are like super nice. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is how you keep the audience engaged and kind of, you know, because they're not that long. So it's like an appropriate amount of time to listen, like on your way to work, you know, yeah. where, you know wherever you're going. But gosh, I mean... Doing it every day. How do you feel like as a parent of two kids under three years old or three and under um, doing a podcast every single day? How's that been fitting into your <laughs> your lifestyle? Um, it has been. It's going. <laughs> it's, it's going. It's a thing that's happening. We're squeezing it in. So we've been recording a lot at night, you know, and then releasing it the following day. I thought that we were going to be doing a lot more of like, let's do it, uh, let's record all at once and then kind of like push them out through the week. Um, But instead, you know, life happens as parenthood goes. And um, so we've kind of just been doing it day by day and, and making it work. And uh, it certainly is. It's a very, very different format from how we were originally doing the Young Family podcast, which was like, in comparison, we would release like one behemoth episode, uh, basically like once every other week. Wasn't that the schedule that we were on? Yeah. Uh, Do you think we'll do something like this more along the four times a week uh, after the jury daily takeover is over? I think that, well, I don't know. I've been thinking like, do we... I don't know, I've been thinking, like, I mean, because like, this format is completely different with, like, talking about, like, the news and just, like, chit-chat. I mean, because, like, the Young Family Podcast is purely about what is going on in our life with our children. So uh, that we can relate that to what's going on in other people's be lives. Be, like, a support system. Mm-hmm. Right. And so with this one, it's just, 
it's just kind of almost like a little like radio show. Indeed it is. And so I'm like, you know, I think that we're doing like pretty good. Mm. I mean, maybe the listeners can chime in and kind of give us the the brutal truth. I don't know. But I mean, it's like, do we do something like this, like specifically, or do we just focus on, you know, and I think that's how kind of like your brother got into more and more podcasts because it's like, well, I can't squeeze this into, you know, my politics, politics, politics podcast. So I'm going to right. create you like another se- one. You got to segment things. Right. Yeah, that's why, uh, you know, the Young Family podcast is family oriented, um, not in terms of its um, uh, a, a content. I want to say uh, it, it is uh, about family. It is not like it has to be like G rated or anything. But um, yeah, so you kind of want to stick to that I think rather than veering off and being like hey we're young family podcast but we're also going to talk about current events uh, you know just even though that's exactly what we're doing right now <laughs> and we're like kind of uh, giving Justin's listener this like Frankenstein version of both of the shows but um, you know that's a little bit about what's going on in our head my final question for you do you have a newfound respect <laughs> for your brother-in-law your brolo Justin Robert Young, now that you've stepped in his shoes as a daily podcaster for a week. Yes, of course. But it's like his job. (laughs) No, I'm not saying that's like a bad, I mean, it sounds bad. I'm not saying that's like a bad thing, but it's like, like we are like full-time other job, parents, podcasters. So like, yes, believe, and listen, your brother has like a million podcasts. So, I mean, I get it. And he definitely he works, finds very, he ways, works very hard. He finds ways to fill the days. That's for sure. But, um, but of course, I definitely, I mean, of course. Mad respect. Of course. Um, and it's, and it's his job. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we've, t- you know, we've taken on a portion of what is his day job uh, while he's gone. Yeah, it's been super enjoyable. Now that it's the end of uh, week number one, we just want to look back on it pat ourselves heartily on the back which we've just done and also say we hope that everyone that's listening has been enjoying it as much as we've been enjoying doing it and uh with that we got a little bit of news to talk about tbc So it hasn't been the hottest week and a half for animals on the internet. First, we get the news about Grumpy Cat. God rest his grumpy soul. Um, Grumpy Cat has passed away, for anyone that doesn't know. Uh, The memes, however, live on. That's true. Uh, Then we get this. CNN.com reports a healthy dog was euthanized so it could be buried with its owner. Yikes! <laughs> Emma, a healthy Shih Tzu mix, was euthanized to fulfill her late owner's dying wish that the dog be put down and then laid to rest with her. The dog arrived at the Chesterfield County Animal Shelter in Chesterfield, Virginia on March 8th after her owner's death, where she stayed for two weeks. During that time, listen to this, the shelter was in contact with the executor of the dead woman's estate trying to keep the dog alive. So, um, the shelter is basically saying, 
we don't have to do this. We shouldn't do this. And then you've got an executor, which is saying, no, this needs to happen because, you know, I am the representative that is carrying out this dead woman's wishes. And that's my job. This is a crazy story. It's dark, but we're just going to try and, you know, stay on the surface of things. Is this real? This is real life. What happens if the dog died first? She probably had a plan in place for that, I would say. Something strikes me that this woman was a, she was a planner. <laughs> <laughs> I think she had thought a lot about uh, what was going to happen in her passing. And uh, I'm sure that she also cared a great deal about this dog. Now, I'm going to I'm going to start off by saying I think that it's it's not so cool <laughs> to have a uh, healthy dog or any animal for that matter put down in this fashion. That's just my own personal take on the situation. I think it kind of this lady's kind of got like um like an ancient Egyptian pharaoh thing going on. Interesting. You know what I mean? The pharaohs of ancient Egypt used to be like, well, when I die, like it wasn't just their their pets, it was like their entire staff and like their yeah. spouses, everyone that worked with them, they're just like, you're all going to get wiped out too and buried along with me because I need you in the afterlife. <laughs> <laughs> so this lady's got a little bit of like a pharaoh complex going on. But like is she doesn't have family that can keep the dog and and then bury the dog next to her like in a little patch next the to her? article was not specific so that means that we kind of just need to go off of what the story has told us and that is that this woman uh she wanted it to play out like this she's like no matter what emma you're you're coming with me now this is my question for the listeners because this has sparked a nationwide debate on whether or not this should be legal. Uh, so Virginia currently has no law against this. Right. You can put into your will that you want a healthy animal euthanized and then buried along with you. Um, should it be illegal? Or, or what is, what's your take on the situation? I mean, I think that the dog shouldn't be able to live and maybe have like a new family. I mean, I know that, you know, animals are sad, like, you know, when their owners like pass away, mm -hmm. if the owners pass away first, but they are still going to have a lot of happy times. And if the shelter is like, we, this is a good dog. Like this is a good, healthy dog. Like let us yeah. find you a home. So it's domesticated. It's got all of its shots. It was pre-owned. Um, and good health. Right. Good health. So the shelter's stance on it was like, we're not going to have a hard time placing this dog in a new home. So to the executor, excuse me, the executor, is it executor? Maybe I'm saying it wrong. Uh, yeah, that's right. Executor, not the it's executor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was reading it and then I'm just like, yeah, she is the executor. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> it's the executor of the will. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, so the executor of the will is just like, uh, no, no, you, we've got to do this. And can I tell you, in this story, I, I have a few maybe debatable uh, additional takes on this situation, and then we'll move on. But um, 
the, you want to know the person who I don't really blame in this story? Is the executor. The executor. <laughs> and do you want to know why? It's not because I support, you know, the euthanization of a healthy dog. But it's because defying a deceased woman's will is how you get ghosts. That's how you get haunted for the rest <laughs> really of your life. You're going that way. You know what I'm saying? I mean, possibly. I don't even believe in ghosts. <laughs> but <laughs> You're not going to gamble with them. But if there were a way that you are asking to be haunted for the rest of your life, that would be the way to be like, hey, you know. It, it was in writing. Right. It's in. Well, this, these were my dying wishes. I am now a spirit <laughs> in another <laughs> realm of existence. Uh, and you have explicitly defied my my wishes in death. That's how you get haunted. So I'm not gonna mess with it. So that it, the executor, <laughs> the exa- I'm uh, I'm still uh, reeling from if my it, mispronunciation. If it were me, if I was that person, I would be like, I would read the will, and I'd be like, I'm out. Mm. Like find you know find another lawyer. All right, fair point. So basically, the person carrying out the will knew of this beforehand and had already like morally signed off on it and been like oh yeah if that happens like i'm cool with it so maybe then the executor is just as cold-hearted as the lady now all right so this is my final take on the matter you know being my spouse that i tend to see both sides of issues sometimes to an annoying degree of course and this should be like an open shut case right we're talking about a healthy dog (laughs) that was put down because this lady just had an arbitrary wish for that to happen right so this should be slam dunk she she's wrong this is a horrible horrible thing to do and all the veterinarians that were fighting to keep her alive they're in the right but <laughs> I'm, I, I try very, very hard to see things from multiple angles. And I'm like, what could be the reason why? Because I don't believe that this lady just had an evil streak in her body that she was just like, I want well, this maybe dog, like to, the dog wasn't to be dead with me. Good with other people. Okay, see, now you're coming on over to my side. And this is not my side. This is just a, a thought experiment that I entertained. What if the lady kind of just surveyed the landscape of what potentially was going to happen with the dog or where Emma the dog could go after she passed away and she was just like straight up every single scenario for this dog is going to be a downgrade because I take such good care of her. Uh, Maybe she just like spoiled the dog. What's that? Yeah. Maybe the dog has anxiety or doesn't do well with, like, new people. Maybe Maybe she has no family who can, like, take the dog. Right, right. And so she legit thought that it was... It, the dog was better off dead <laughs> if she's not there. <laughs> can you just say the dog was better off, like, with her? I mean, you know, there's just no point in sugarcoating this story. such an interesting, <laughs> interesting story. Well, what would you rather talk about? How awesome Target is? <laughs> Target is awesome. <laughs> We're moving on to emails. TBC, this one comes from Will. Will says, hi, team. It's a great opener. <laughs> we are a That's team. That's us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Will's on our team, too. Can't spell team without an I. 
That is Neverland. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> It's not correct. <laughs> you can't spell me without team. I right, move on. <laughs> oh, this is the Taylor Swift song, right? Let's just move on. It's late. It's late. It's touch and go here. Moving on. Will says, as a Midwesterner, I do feel uncomfortable. Oh, uh, a title of the email, Silent Ubers. So this is actually... Um, Referencing back to the episode at the beginning of the week, he says, as a Midwesterner, I do feel uncomfortable effectively telling Uber drivers to be quiet. I would use it, in parentheses, he said, if they brought it to cheaper options, because, again, it's just for the luxury rides. In one particular situation, uh, for one time of the year, I work way too much, uh, pretty regularly, 18 hours a day. Good God, Will. That's crazy. Ending at 2 a.m., um, when I work late, my company will pay for my Uber home, uh, and it's, uh, these 2 a.m. Uber rides and drivers, uh, that always want to talk. I think it's because they mostly pick up people from the bars because in this situation, I would see using this feature as identifying myself as an outlier and having a valid reason. And I would feel less guilty for using it. The best part, in my opinion, of all of this is will felt compelled to write in and justify hypothetically using the silent Uber because there's a key in indicator in the beginning of the email as a Midwesterner. Well, I mean, I, I mean... But do you know the reputation of Midwesterners? You're actually, you're from St. Louis. I, mean, I was born in St. Louis, you were born but I grew in St. Louis. up here. So, so I don't you, know. you don't identify as a Midwesterner. No. But Midwesterners wear... Uh, proudly, I guess you could say, uh, uh, the reputation of being polite to a fault. They would almost rather assume bodily harm <laughs> than be rude to someone. Uh, well, that makes sense. What he's saying makes sense. Right, like, right. He doesn't want to hurt their feelings, but it's at, at some t times it's like, I, I don't want to talk. I either need to continue working mm -hmm. or... I just need a minute of quiet. I've been going all day. You know, he's been working 18 hours. I'm sure the last thing that he wants to do is, like, keep talking. So, I mean, I get it. I mean, after a couple oh. days of thinking about it, I, I think I would probably swipe no talking sometimes. Guess what? That means that you truly are on Will's team. How do you like that? <laughs> uh, next one is from D. Brew. Hey, D-Brew, uh, the title of the email is Justin's Ethnicity. Uh-oh, touchy subject from what I've heard. Maybe not touchy. I believe it's an ongoing mystery. Uh, people don't know what my brother's ethnicity is. I guess... Can we share? I get... You better not. Oh, really? Don't blow it. Why is it a secret? I Isn't that the same as yours? Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. By association, I guess that means that everyone considers my ethnicity a huge secret as well. Here's the thing. Justin and I are from South Florida. We've got this, you know, toasty brown complexion. And South Florida is like a melting pot in every sense of the word. There are so many cultures, ethnicities, and walks of life uh, that, you know, uh, blend together down there. It, 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 there's a lot of options to choose from when you're taking a look at Justin and I. Um, we also, I guess, don't have any, like, big accents or any other, like, dead giveaways. The last name Young seems pretty generic. So, I guess he's just kind of ran with it. Um, 
If I am correct that this is an ongoing mystery to the listeners, Debrew, I have to kindly ignore the subject and the very first line of your email, which is this. What is Justin's ethnicity? Asking for a friend. We're moving on. Next line. Uh, But seriously, I have a question about passing on sports fandom to your kids. I am a huge St. Louis, excuse me, St. Louis Blues fan uh, because I can remember going to Blues games with my dad when I was a kid. However, we've since moved out of the St. Louis area and are among some of our rivals in the Bay Area, and I don't have the opportunity to go to live games with my favorite teams on the reg. How do you pass down your fanship when you're in enemy territory? Thanks, Eric and TBC. You're the best. You hear that? First, we're on a team. Now we're the best. Um, <laughs> let me take uh, a step back, D. Brew, and first and foremost, congratulate the St. Louis Blues that are moving on to the Stanley Cup Finals in the NHL playoffs of 2019, taking on the Boston Bruins. I uh, I hope you absolutely decimate that team um, very, very quickly and handily in that best of seven series. Now, as for the context of this question, I assume that Brew is asking me because he knows that from listening to Justin, Justin and I are Pittsburgh sports fans, yet again, we grew up in South Florida, so we kind of had this situation, and we remain really passionate fans for Pittsburgh sports, even though we never lived in Pittsburgh. Um, so what are the, what is the advice for passing down? So I guess this also means, Brew, you got some kids? Uh, that you're looking to uh, pass down your fandom to. Um, I think for me, after I reflected on why I care about Pittsburgh sports, even, you know, into my adulthood, uh, you know, no longer living with my stepdad, who was the guy who was actually from Pittsburgh and and was the passionate Pittsburgh sports, you know, uh, figure in my life when I was growing up. So I'm no longer living with him. I'm an adult. Like, why do I still care so much? And it's it's very simply for this reason, Debrew. Uh, I realized that sports fandom, for me at least, boiled down to a love of family. I loved the team because I loved seeing my stepdad happy. I loved when it made my family happy after a victory. And I learned the association between the two very early on. Um... You know, in terms of more tangible things, every time the Steelers were in town playing the Miami Dolphins, we'd go to that game. Same thing with the Penguins playing the Panthers. Uh, It was a much more novel experience than getting to go uh, on the regular. So, therefore, you know, you kind of, like, cherished those special occasions a little bit more. Um, So, that's, that's my main advice, is just keep in mind that if you are talking about passing on this fandom, no matter where you are, um, I think your kids are more than likely always going to associate the uh, the fandom with the special time that you guys have together, and that that's really where where the passion comes from. I, I mean, I think too that your kid is just going to look up to you, no, you know, because you're like, you know, their dad, and it's just like whatever you know they want to be just like you. So it's like they're going to continue with that love of that team and, and that game because it's it's like what they're going to grow up with that's true yeah there's you know know, buy the jerseys buy like the shirt you know get get them into the games and you'll watch them on tv so there is that notion of almost like like we're a fan of 
this team in this house and like maybe like like if that if if that is not pushed upon the next generation the right way then it could be another thing that your child winds up like rebelling against and being like well you know when when they get to a rebellious age being like you know well that's never been me that's you and i don't like it you know um so again what i would say to that is it's more so about cultivating the relationship with the kid that you're hoping to pass down this uh this fandom to you know it's more so about um you know, really harnessing the special bonding moments of, you know, watching games together. You know, that that's that's just my take on the whole situation. So, my goodness, TBC. We've uh we've just concluded our very first week. To wrap a week one. That's a wrap on week one and now we are beginning our podcast weekend. Yes. <laughs> but we'll see you guys next week. Oh my god, yes. You're you guys with us have for uh, one more week. You guys have the Young Family Podcast doing the jury daily takeover uh for one more week. Uh and then Justin Robert Young is gonna be returning from Italy and you guys will have a bounty of stories to hear regarding that i am sure um the way to find carolyn and i is please go online and visit bit.ly slash young family podcast all lowercase you can connect with us in a variety of ways if you would like to email us to have your uh thoughts questions and reactions to things that we have discussed talked about on the show then you may uh hit us up at jurydaily at gmail.com and um tbc what do you got to say how are you feeling right now? Yeah, good. Yeah, we're about to ride out uh, into the sunset. Everyone, until Monday, for the TBC and myself, we're saying deuces and bye! Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>